This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my fantastically wonderful co-host, Brie Tucker. Oh, hello, hello, everybody. How are you? <laughs> we are just getting over the first day of school dramas here <sighs> in Arizona. And I know that by the time this airs, uh, many of you will have your kids starting school as well. But oh my gosh, it's been a little rough. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's just start with the fact that where we live in Arizona, we have modified year round. Yes. So people, our kids went back to school in July. Like literally, like you post your Facebook photos of first day of school and like most of the comments are, they're going back already? They're oh, yeah, yeah. I now don't like the 4th of July holiday because as soon as it happens, oh. it's back to school shopping the very next week for me. Yeah, it is. So like I don't like I that holiday back anymore. back to school shopping. All the <sighs> school supplies. Oh, you know, my I don't. I. It's so funny. I do love a good office supply with you. Uh -huh. I'm all about like my pretty pens and all that jazz and pretty post-its. And I got my new bulletin board. I got to add to that yes. so I can have some more. But I just, it's something about seeing all the pencils and the glue that I'm like, ugh. Oh, it's so depressing. <laughs> oh, see, I love school, but I was a teacher. And so like first day of school is like new start and like new oh, school yeah. year. You get to show off exciting. All, the, all the shininess. The kids are still excited to be there for it's the most very part. It's exciting. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, having my kids go back to school, like my son is like no issue. He's like, okay, we'll get this. We'll get this. Good. My daughter. Oh, my gosh. We went through dress code stuff. Oh. And that's hard. It's hard when you have an eight. Well, she's an eighth grader, but when the school uniform suggested skirts supposed to approach the knee, but she's really tall. And so you can't find any cute skirts that approach the knee when you're tall. And it's just wrecks a middle school girl's self-esteem. <laughs> wrecks it. And so it's just been emotional. 
it was interesting for us too on that end because uh so this year I was a nervous wreck mm-hmm. because my oldest went off to high school and that just kind of scared me in general. My baby is in high school <laughs> and my daughter's in eighth grade. So my daughter still goes to a school with a dress code. And my son, this was his first year at a school that did not have a dress code. It was hilarious because my son loved dress code. It made getting dressed every day so easy. Him going into high school, I caught him trying to wear the same outfit one day, two days in a row. And I'm like, dude, you can't do that. Then it dawned on me that he probably did that for years with his dress code. I never caught it. I am sure my son does that. Right? Right. And then my daughter, on the other hand, like your daughter is like so done and over with dress codes and like wants to be able to wear normal clothes. Mm-hmm. So we get a lot of pushback from her yeah. regarding what she wears in terms of the pants. Yeah. And it's gone to the point now where it's like, you know what? I know what you need to wear. Mm-hmm. I give you the suggestions. There are some things I'm willing to buy and some things I'm not. And if she wants to buy a pair of jeans that I know are too light. Yeah. And she's going to get dress coded for mm-hmm. at this point anymore. I'm like, I'm not going to do the fight anymore. Here you go. You buy them. And then when you get detention, that's all on you, girl. Yeah. So she did get dress coded twice last year, which is the only way I got her to stop wearing something to school that I was like, that's, that's the only that way you could do it. I mean, you yeah. can't like ground them for dress code. No, they, they have to like get it from have someone to, else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like I wouldn't have done that to a kindergartner. I might have given more guidance to a kindergartner, but my daughter was in seventh, eighth grade. They like, know you, by now. They yeah. know. They can make their own decisions about dress code and, right. and suffer the consequences because that's the only way. But, you know, regardless, this was a lot of feelings that we yes. had to deal with this past <laughs> week. And our guest, Dr. Jen Riday, she helps burned out, overwhelmed moms get off the hamster wheel and find balance so that they can love their lives again. She's the founder of a vibrant, happy women's club creator of the Vibrant Happy Coach certification and host of the Vibrant Happy Women podcast, which I was happy to be a guest on in episode 273, How to Be a Guilt-Free Mom. Jen's the mom to six kids and she lives outside of Madison, Wisconsin. And we hope you enjoy our conversation with Jen. If you love the No Get Mom podcast as much as I know you all do. We hope you do. (laughs) You do. You do. Then you have to check out our amazingly talented, extremely organized friend, Miss Kara Harvey, who is also the host of Purpose Driven Mom Show podcast. Kara is a productivity coach for moms and mompreneurs, which I love that word. And she helps overwhelmed moms develop systems and routines so that they can manage their time and take action on their goals. As a mom of three and a former school teacher, she knows exactly how important it is to have those routines and systems in her home. And she wants to help you get on that organized, stress-free routine as well. Yes. So check out the link to the Purpose Driven Mom Show in our show notes. And now on with the No Guilt Mom podcast. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible, and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast, Jen. We are so happy to have you here. And I'm excited to have you here because one of the tips that I heard you talk about on another podcast, I use all the time. So I am super excited for our listeners to hear directly from you. So welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. 
Can you tell our listeners a little bit about you and who you are for those who don't know? Yes, Jen Riday. I host the Vibrant Happy Women podcast. And my story, the quick version is I have a PhD in human development and family studies. So I, I graduated with a vision of how my parenting and life journey was going to look. <laughs> who knows, whatever reason this is that it happened, um, my circumstances didn't match the vision or haven't. And I think that's probably true for a lot of us. So I had this perfectionistic idea and I tried to host all the Pinterest perfect birthday parties and I made homemade bread and I have six kids. They're currently ages seven to 20. And um, at some point I burned myself out totally. We have a lot of mental health and special needs kind of issues in our family, ADHD, autism, some anxiety and depression, this whole gamut. My husband and I, I have struggled with depression. My husband has struggled with anxiety. So you take that whole soup and or salad, however you want to word it. And um, one of my big takeaways from life or one of the things I had to learn was there is no perfect, there is no normal. This is what I have. How can I make the best of it? So what I do is I have learned to take care of myself, number one, and to become a boundary rock star, you know, because if I don't feel happy, no one will. And to really manage my emotions. So that's what I teach other women now that it doesn't have to look perfect. I love that. So what I hear you saying is that you started out doing all of these things that you saw on Pinterest and trying to make life kind of happy that way. And you found out it doesn't work that way. And now you are teaching women the real source of happiness and how to take care of yourself in a way where you could give back to those you love and also make you happy as well. Exactly. Well said. Yeah. Well, and I feel like that's really your story, I think resonates with so many of us. So many of us have this vision, right? Of what kind of a parent we're going to be before we even have kids. And then once we have them, we try to live up to this. Like I like, I kind of see it as like that whole super mom fable that we were all sold a while ago that like we can be super mom we can have it all we can do it all perfectly and you kill yourself in the process just trying to get there absolutely absolutely it's it's really a giant collective lie yes it's not even realistic or possible if you continue to allow yourself to believe that collective lie about what a good mom is you will be depressed and that's why one in four women are depressed and on antidepressants I think we are still collectively believing the lie and we need to change how we do motherhood yeah I, I see a lot of that too of like what have you seen in particular that women are doing right now that kind of feed into that super mom lie that you're like oh you got to stop yeah well right now specifically at the end of the pandemic a lot of women think they should be bouncing right back to how they did it before. But the fact is we've gone through a collective worldwide trauma and we need to give ourselves some grace after a trauma, you know, say a society has a natural disaster or whatever, people aren't going back to functional levels. They need to rest a lot and they need to process emotion and they don't have a lot of energy or motivation because they're internally healing what they went through. And so that's just a specific example right now where we can relax and just calmly enjoy whatever this new version of normal is and not think we should, quote unquote, be something we were before. 
I think that that's such a good point because something I'm also seeing now is people are trying to make up for all the stuff they missed during pandemic. Like, I don't know if you've seen like the makeup birthday parties that are happening right now. Have you seen anything like that? I've seen a lot and I've said no to all of them because we don't, oh. we don't want to be busy right now. We're not doing it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I Okay, I need to listen to you about that because... I feel like our weekends have become out of control again. Mm-hmm. It ramped up so fast, I feel, without any warning whatsoever. And saying no to those things, it's hard. Well, because you feel like, again, as a parent, like you don't have a choice. Oh, my goodness. I have to say yes to this because my poor kid has not gotten to go see their friends in a year, really outside of like Zoom or maybe a couple of, of classes here or there. We feel all this guilt that we're putting on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I and I think that's like you just said too, like I'm excited to get back out about things. You know, I'm an extrovert. So yeah. I'm excited. But at the same time, I'm very hesitant. I'm like, I got so used to this life that we've had for over a year that just suddenly in a matter of a month or two, we're expected to just hop right back into things. And I always, I do question myself in the back of my head if there's something wrong with me that I'm not ready to jump back into everything. Mm. And I really appreciate what you said, Jen, that like, it's okay to not be able to just jump right back into things. It's okay to need that time. Absolutely. And to recognize it's normal. So I have a friend who's a therapist and she said, every single person that comes into her office right now, especially women is saying, I just can't get motivated. I just can't get myself to do anything. And she has to teach everyone we experienced a collective trauma. This is a trauma response. Your body is tired and it wants you to process rather than go do more. And so that that's really nice to know it is normal. So yeah. what what do you say to those women besides saying like they've been through a trauma response when they're like, I, I'm so unmotivated and I can't do anything? What's their next kind of action from there? Hey all, it is Joanne and Bree here and we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explained. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. Shout out to Clarendon for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Hey guys, Brie here. And let me tell you, April is a killer time of the year for me because it is crazy allergy season. I swear, everything that is in bloom looks fantastic and beautiful, but it makes it so I can't breathe. I am literally coughing, sneezing, rubbing my nose. I look like Rudolph half of the spring. It's terrible. 
But luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies like I do, we live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can finally breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine is the best decongestant available. It relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I absolutely love it. It is the only allergy medicine that works for me. So if you're ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just one quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Well, yeah, I mean, we're going to be talking about three things today and all three of those, I think, fit really well. I don't know if you want me to well, go let's into let's get those. into them. Let's get into okay. those three things. Okay. <laughs> so we all know the importance of self-care. But when you're tired and unmotivated, sometimes even self-care can feel impossible. You just want to get on your, say, Netflix and numb out with a good show or something. Yep, that's me. (laughs) That's normal. (laughs) And sometimes we do need to numb, right? But we we don't want to keep numbing. So I teach a a way of doing your morning ritual or morning routine called Be Her. It's an acronym. Mm -hmm. And it stands for breathe, exercise, hydrate, embody, read. And you get to decide how long you'll do each thing. It could be as short as one minute each. So five minute morning routine, who can't do that easy. So let me break it down breathing, oxygenating your body through just deep breathing, maybe you choose to do it in conjunction with meditation is fantastic. Oxygen is necessary for energy, our red blood cells carry oxygen all over the body. So if we oxygenate, that's a great step. Exercise we know helps all our blood get pumping, releases dopamine, helps the lymph move in our bodies. Hydration, obviously when we're dehydrated, we feel low energy and low mood because mm-hmm. we're really largely made up of water. And then that, that second E, so we have B-E-H-E-R, be her. The second E, embody. To just spend a moment envisioning and embodying the person you want to be. So maybe you stand in the posture of a confident person, or you add some affirmations like, I'm an amazing mom. I'm a loving mom. I'm not a stressed out mom, whatever you decide to do. And then read, read something kind of uplifting, maybe spiritual text or a self-help book or a quote. And you've kind of primed the pump for a great day just by doing those five quick things. I love that. It's so easy to remember to be her. And it's so much easier than like other morning routines that I've heard that I like get really overwhelmed by. <laughs> but just a yeah. five minute routine sounds doable. Yeah, totally. I mean, if you exercise, we think it has to be 30, but you get a lot done if you do push ups for one minute. That's pretty good exercise. Oh, so yeah. Often I stretch it out and I make each section. 10 or 20 minutes if I feel like it, but it it gives you options and flexibility. You know, I like that, how you said, I especially like the whole pass there on, you don't have to do the 30 minutes of exercise. Like I'm working on that, (laughs) that habit right now. I just recently read Adam Grant's uh, Atomic Habits and he was like, even one minute, even one minute is better than nothing. 
Oh yeah. This so, James Clear. James Clear. Oh, James Clear. Oh, Adam gosh. Grant's fantastic as well. Oh, Adam oh, Grant's oh, sorry. fantastic. James we were just Clear. thinking two fantastic books. Damn no. it. No. <laughs> okay. But still, like I like that. I, I love that passive. Like even one minute of push-ups is a big deal. Even one minute of because that's where I'm at, dude. I'm just like what you were describing. That motivation is gone. I am all about numbing it out. I gotta get myself back into things. It's hard. You want to numb it. You want to numb. And I mean, moving your body and getting into it, it's not the first thing that many people think of. Yeah, for sure. The thing that I have the most problem with is breathing. I'm a breath holder. And so like when I get really anxious, I forget to breathe. And I'm learning to breathe better actually through exercise and getting it like all the way down and feeling it in my lower back, the breath, because all of my breaths tend to be up here and my neck. (laughs) Yeah, I have a a friend who spent time near tigers. I can't remember why, but she said she noticed that when a tiger breathes, you could almost see the rib cage separate as Mm. the breath expanded so much. Can you imagine breathing in a way that we kind of push our own rib cages out? out? That's such a deep breath. It is such a deep breath. It's funny though, because I've been like doing a lot of biking during this pandemic and I do Peloton. So it's like the coach that's with it and they teach you how to breathe. And what I notice is that when you're doing really strenuous exercise, like it would be so hard for me before I started learning how to breathe. So that entire rib cage does expand because you almost need that amount of oxygen in your blood and in taking that much air to sustain a hard effort. So it's really interesting. The power of breath. Wow. That's amazing. Way to go. Well, breath is important. I mean, like they talk about it in yoga, mm-hmm. medit- in meditation, mindfulness, even in diet, the importance of breathing. Yeah, <sighs> and breathing, getting those deep breaths. The breathing. So what is your second tip for people? Second tip, um, healthy boundaries. And we all know the importance of boundaries, but what I'm finding is a lot of women and men can't define what it really means to have healthy boundaries. So a quick and easy definition. A boundary is being 100% responsible for your thoughts, feelings, and actions, your thoughts, feelings, and actions, and not responsible for the thoughts, feelings, and actions of another person. That's like a mic drop right there. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say it one more time then, just so we all can memorize it. A healthy boundary is being 100% responsible for your thoughts, feelings, and actions, and not responsible for the thoughts, feelings, and actions of another person. So the way this is helpful is a lot of people think when you're setting a boundary that you say, hey, you need to unload the dishwasher. I'm setting a boundary. (laughs) But no, actually, a boundary is what are you going to do in response to someone else's behavior? What are you going to do to preserve and protect your energy and your mood in response to all that's going on around you? And when it's healthy, you will do the things that preserve your energy and your mood above all else. And then maybe you help others, especially when you're a parent, but you know, you're never responsible for their outcomes fully. You can't be their independent humans. Mm-hmm, definitely. And you know what? It's funny when you say boundaries and saying like, no, to protect your energy immediately, like the pushback that comes back from inside me is, oh my gosh, you're so selfish, Joanne. Like if I like thought of saying no to something, it's so that like, lie, how it's do that you, lie we believe. How do you counter that thinking of us being selfish that we're setting these boundaries to protect ourselves? One thing that helps me is recognizing how would I want my daughters in particular daughters, because this lie often applies to women. How Mm -hmm. do I want my daughters to feel when they grow up? 
would I be satisfied if they felt the level of happiness I'm feeling now? If they felt the level of depletion or energy that I'm feeling now, would I want that for them as adult women? And if the answer is no, then I need a better boundary because mm-hmm. I'm modeling it for them. And I'm modeling it for all other women. I think our boundaries become a collective thing. We're all as boundaried as almost everyone else. There are social expectations. I should host a party like this. I should attend all these parties, like you were saying. Well, but if you're feeling awful and you're snapping at your kids and unhappy and drained, your kids are going to grow up to almost have that same baseline level of happiness because they watch, you're modeling it. So then Mm -hmm. boundaries become easy. I am giving other women and my daughter's permission to be brilliantly happy. And that that's fantastic. I wish someone had taught me that much earlier. 100%. I guess I personal experience that speaks to my heart because I agree. I think that there's so much that we inadvertently are teaching our children about boundaries when we're not respecting them for ourselves. Yeah. And we want them to be happy and fulfilled. It's very true. And saying no to our kids, it does hurt in the short term. But in the long term, I do. I see it myself. I know that the bigger lesson we're teaching about boundaries and saying no really sinks in. And the thing I think about is I kind of gave myself a little bit of grief for not letting my daughter pick an activity that was far away from our house, because I knew that the amount of driving that I would spend in the car would just make me an unhappy person. Mm -hmm. And saying no to those kind of things, it goes back to the super mom mentality where you think like you need to give your kids all these opportunities. And then when you say no, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm a horrible mom. I could do this. I could make myself do this. But like you're saying, I wouldn't be happy and I wouldn't be showing how to set a good boundary. Right. And you're teaching her that's going forward that she needs to sacrifice herself Mm -hmm. for other people. Yeah. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.
I can tell you as someone who full heartedly believed in that story, like I 100% believe that if I sacrificed myself enough, if I gave enough of myself to somebody else, that things would magically be okay and be great and wonderful. Guess what? It didn't happen. Didn't happen. What a shocker, huh? <laughs> <laughs> For sure. <sighs> Plus when you're, when you're saying no to that long drive or saying no to meeting all your kids entertainment needs, mm -hmm. what are you actually saying yes to at the same time? You're saying yes to resilience Yes, to them learning to be still, perhaps, mm -hmm. maybe they get better at managing their emotions, managing boredom, so they will have less need to numb in the future when they feel bored as as a mom themselves, you know, who knows, but I'm yeah. sure you're saying yes to a lot of amazing things that you haven't thought about before. Right? I love that. I love looking at it that way. I think that's a key, key point there key for point. sure. And that brings us to um, your third tip. What's your third tip for finding that happiness? Yes. The third tip you were referencing is called the feel it to heal it method. I love this. So, <laughs> <laughs> so feel it to heal it has four steps. The first step is to just get aware, become aware of what you're feeling in your body emotionally. So you might just notice sensations first, like I'm clenched in the shoulders or I'm clenching my fists or I feel stressed in my stomach. But then as you sit there and sometimes it can help to just close your eyes and breathe to kind of notice the body a little more, you feel it and then you can describe what you're feeling. Oh, I'm feeling hot or heat in my belly. I'm feeling sad in my heart and you start to have more words for it. You can take it even deeper though and start to notice your five senses. So an easy way to do this is to say you're talking to a child, for example, what are you feeling in your body? Oh, I don't know, they might say. And then you could say, well, if your feelings were a color, for example, what would that be? Oh, I'm feeling red. Okay, what else do you see there? Well, I feel like black in my heart area. Oh, interesting. Um, what else do you see? Is there any movement? If there were a texture, what would it be? And you keep going and describing it. Like if you were to shine a flashlight there, what would you see? If you were to pick it up, how would it feel? Just thinking of sensory questions. And it's fun because with my own kids, I've noticed that they will move through a range of emotions. Shame is often described as the lowest frequency or lowest vibration emotion, low vibe. And when people are talking about shame, they'll often describe a lack of movement, hmm. say in their heart area, or they'll describe the color black. And then as you move up, say you move through sadness, they'll maybe talk about brown, black, whatever. And anger is often described as red. As you move up to those higher frequency, high vibe emotions of love, joy, or peace, people will often describe more movement. Like a friend of mine described yellow birch leaves blowing in the wind. That's how it felt in her body. And so feel it to heal it is they describe it. They give it a name, feeling sad. I'm feeling this or that stick with the emotions. And then eventually it dissolves and we shift back up. We can move our emotions through all of these levels back to the higher vibe emotions of love, joy, and peace. If we allow it rather than numb it. Yes. I love it. Like I use the colors when I was trying to calm myself down. Actually, I think my kids were fighting and I just sat on the edge of the bathtub and I closed my eyes. I'm like, okay, what do I see? And it went through red and orange and yellow and then red again. And then like, 
And and it's interesting that you say like the emotions of anger or the red and orange colors, because those are the ones I usually see when I'm trying to picture the colors. (laughs) I I personally love the tactile idea. That's what got me there. I was like, oh, and and every time you describe the colors, I keep running back to uh, my colorful days. Yeah, I think that's what it is. My colorful days from Dr. Seuss. Mm -hmm. Little, little known book. But yeah, like, I think that's wonderful because like you were just talking about for kids, the more senses you can give them, the better they can conceptualize it because feelings are so abstract. They're so hard for them to really grasp. Yeah. So Jen, what is one thing that you are looking forward to right now? Good question. Uh, Vacation. We're going to go on vacation. (laughs) Woohoo! Anywhere fun? Uh, I don't know that it's fun, but Last summer, my boys hiked a mountain, my older boys, high schoolers, and then the girls who are younger said, we want to hike a mountain. So we found the shortest, closest mountain in South Dakota, and we're going to go hike it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. fun. That's a very active vacation. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it has been a joy having you here on the podcast. I am going to be using Be Her tomorrow morning. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because I I definitely need to start my morning out with breathing. And uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Jen gave us so much insight about feelings and really like harnessing your feelings and naming them and going through them so you can be a happier person. And it was so fun talking to her. You know, I agree with that. One thing that I know we've talked about before is that you can't really go around your feelings. Mm-hmm. You you have to feel them. Otherwise, they just keep building and building and they weigh you down. Mm-hmm. And it's never good for anybody. I hate those long, like absolute breakdown cries because I've been holding something in too long. Yeah. I don't like the way I feel during them. No. Afterwards, I feel good. Afterwards, they feel great. It's like going to a therapy session and you cry and you cry and you feel like a mess. And then after you're like, oh my gosh, I feel so much lighter. Right. Can (gasps) you imagine how much lighter I could have felt if I had done that earlier? But I think it's like a little (laughs) bit of like self-flagellation there because it's like, oh, why didn't I cry more? It's like, how many times can we like beat ourselves up about it? You're right. You're right. We need to love ourselves and let ourselves feel our feelings, fool. We got to feel it. It's okay to feel your feelings. (laughs) Because remember the best mom's a happy mom. (laughs) Take care of you and we'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.